0: Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this evening's Facebook Live. And I wanted to address a subject that I talk about a lot in uh, many other aspects, but to just really define that and to discuss what it can mean for us, how it can actually manifest in our lives. And that is, what is self-care? So just breaking that down, that is caring, which essentially means kindness, friendliness, looking after, support, and for the self. And self-care is something that is often particularly needed for those who are looking after others or may even put the care of others in front of that of themselves. And it can sometimes be easier to look after others than it is to care for ourselves. And we can even be quite proud of that factor, how good we are looking after others. And it's often, quite difficult or unfamiliar or something we just not in the habit of doing to turn the viewpoint around to ourselves and find that same kind of ease of kindness and ease of giving and recognizing when we need to step back when we're in need of nurture that we might recognize in other people so often You can see, for instance, other people, you you can see if someone's struggling or suffering or have taken on too much. And it might be your advice to say, step back, look after yourself and make suggestions of what people could do to look after themselves, go for a walk, go for a massage, take time out, all of those things. And yet, sometimes or often even, if we turn that to ourselves and have that same kind of viewpoint, looking at ourselves objectively without all those labels on the top of what we should be achieving, what our expectations are, then that idea to actually say, step back, you're doing too much, you need to look after yourself, can often fall on slightly either dead ears or confused ears. Because where we're coming from, from our own personal internal, world and experience can be a place of quite high expectation and even a need to be doing and judging ourselves on how much we do, how much we achieve, and even comparing ourselves to others. And often that comparison to others is very external. So and we can pick and choose what we see about others. So it might be that, oh, yes, somebody is running a 10K, somebody is... You know, in say in your industry, particularly, it seems to be churning out lots of stuff and you feel like you should be, or somebody seems to be doing lots of marketing for their business and you should be, or all these ways of comparing. And of course, things like social media, what people post on Instagram, the kind of posts they put on Facebook about things that are going well and things that are, you know, celebrations, all that kind of stuff, can give us a bit of a skewed image of what to expect for ourselves. And Also, within that, the kind of material that we're drawn to, what we want to look at. So often there's a lot of aspirational um, memes and quotes being put out there of, you know, you can do it and kind of, you know, the the more that we do, the more we head towards our kind of goals, for instance. And that can set us up in another place where we might feel that we, there's always this sense that there's this a bit out in the distance and we're brought up in a culture like that you know when you're at school it's like when you're going to do the exams and you get to the next year of school then it's the next year of university and maybe the next year of you know a job and then a promotion and there's just this sense of up 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 lots of levels to look at and just things to be achieving and within that the actual resonance of is this what I want is this what I need and does this Make me feel calm at ease in life does it make me feel nourished or do I have a sense that I'm always kind of chasing the next thing and it's quite a grass is greener attitude to well when I long as when I get to here then I'll be everything will be fine I'll be happy or when I have that thing as well we can really kind of tie this around acquisitional stuff from the stuff that we place upon our lives and gives us the idea that As long as we have that thing, that possession in place, then somehow everything will fall into place. So rather than often that idea of actually tuning into the deep within us, deep in our belly of what we actually need, we can feel that we're chasing lots of things that might satisfy a short-term need, but ultimately don't have that sense of underlying nurture and care and nourishment, and to give some examples for myself for instance I can quite easily get caught up in if I'm feeling a bit agitated or things are just churning around in my mind it's it's pretty easy for me to do a bit of window shopping find myself just looking through lots of shops at things that I might want and I you know I love pretty things and you know (laughs) good design and I find that's quite soothing on quite a kind of mollifying and numbing level was actually for self-care what I really need is often to take myself away from that kind of pull and that kind of sense of being connected into acquisition you know the next thing and what I want and what I need and for me the absolute antidote for that is getting away from the machine, if you like, the machine that kind of tells us that what we want, tells us the next level is the best thing, that I've only we achieved that level, it would all be fine. And the more I can actually drop away from that, and uh, for me, really getting out into nature, getting out away, getting into my physical body in a way that is natural in terms of Yeah, or uneven ground, having to pay attention to the environment I'm in. So for me, scrabbling over rocks really does it for me. It's really it's really meditative. You have to pay attention in a way that's really satisfies every part of your brain and your cognition and your focus. And you have to do that, otherwise you might injure yourself. And that's you know, that's that's really good healthy survival strategies coming into play. And so self care, then can be not just the times that we really need that recovery. And believe me, lots of my other stuff is about having the recognition firstly to know when I'm overwhelmed. And for me, that is quite a tingly feeling at the back of the head, quite an intense feeling in the back of the head and often getting a little bit snappy if I'm around other people, a little bit of kind of intolerant if you like and that's a big sign for me that I need to back off and that self-care is to find space, is to really recognize that actually whatever I'm doing at that time isn't worth it because for me it pushes overwhelm quite quickly. And that's a place I takes much longer to come back from. It's a false economy, if you like, to not walk away for a small amount at that time. So self-care, there is the, really that recognition when we need nurture and a real recognition of what we need, not compared to others. So if you're in an office environment, for instance, it's quite easy to be pulled around by the culture of the office or by the expectations of what is kind of acceptable or not with the people around you, or maybe the kind of higher levels. And so that you might feel quite hemmed down in your options in terms of self-care. But in that kind of environment, particularly, the more you can walk away, mean, it might even be going to a toilet on a, a different floor or I know people who set their printer for the paper to come out quite a long way away from their desks. So they have to go for a walk, for instance. And that we're taking ourselves away and giving ourselves space is a real act of self-care that allows us to be around others. And particularly if I mentioned then that you're the kind of person who does tend to look after others, that you are in those compassion or the serving, if you like, endeavors, jobs, vocations, you know, teaching, helping people to look after themselves, however that is, then having that capacity between looking after others to come back to yourself uh, is really key. So for instance, the great yoga teacher, Judith Lester, who I've trained with many times, always says, particularly for yoga teachers, when you're teaching yourself first, then the students and then the asana and then the yoga practice. And that is the level which you can be truly authentic as a teacher. So you're not just coming from a running through some physical practices, but you're coming from a really connected place of tuning in, which is really where yoga comes from. So there is always feeding in this capacity through life, weaving it in. So there are these buffer zones, these points where I mean, for me, I tend to have this tendency to leave really late to get to things, right, right on the cusp. Um, this I that I'm, you know, I don't want to steal time from myself. It's a really, I've watched this habit for years. It's, it's a very interesting habit. And recently, I take this in hand. I can't say I do this all the time. I take this in hand where I really do give space to get there a little bit early. So I don't have that sense. I mean, I quite like that. I quite thrive on that sense of, you know, a deadline when I'm writing or getting there right at the end point, a little, you know, a little bit of excitement. That gives me energy, but ultimately it steals from me. Um, So I'm trying as a really good act of self-care just to get a little bit of a a handle and a notice on my habits in terms of time and in terms of the spaces I make there. So weaving these these spaces into our sense of expectation for us and our relationship with time and realism with time. I'm slightly, more than slightly, I would say, unrealistic with time and what I believe I can fit into it, which often means that there's that sense that I don't achieve what I expected to do because my expectations are basically too high for the time I have within them. And then I'm often playing catch up but I'm I, and I and I get better. I'm you know observing this, but it is watching those habits that we tend to go in and just deconstructing our habits and how we navigate through life in these ways and where we can kind of set ourselves up a bit to fail and set ourselves up for overwhelm and agitation. And so there's that it is that sense that self care is taking ourselves away and is recovery. So it might be, for instance, restorative yoga, or for me, just rolling about on the floor often um, is really important. Real free form, just seeing what my body wants and walking or just sitting and looking out into the garden. Those moments are really, really key for me. But also self-care can be how we treat ourselves in terms of movement. So if we're stagnating, getting quite sedentary in a kind of office Environment self care is the taking breaks, it is moving around, it is standing up and kind of moving in the body, doing some kind of shoulder rolls or some circling of the hips at the very least, just to kind of get channels opening and, and fascia moving and circulation going. So, it is that sense that it's not just about purely coming down with the nervous system but it is what we need when we need exercise when we need energizing when exercise might be too much and we're noticing that fatigue so fatigue day or a few afterwards it should make sure that you're overdoing it with exercise or very heavy legs tired legs afterwards might be mean you're not having enough recovery time after exercise So weaving all those things through and the most important factor behind self-care is self-compassion, is this acceptance that we, you, are deserving of kindness as much as you would recognise that others are deserving of kindness. Again, turning that eye around to yourself and being able to place a hand on your heart and feel, not just as a concept that you are deserving of kindness, but actually feeling that. And that's something that takes quite a long time to ripple in, particularly if you come from a background where maybe you weren't given much praise or love or just, you know, a sense of being seen or acceptance it can really take quite a long time, quite a deep commitment to constantly coming back round again to notice that you are deserving of kindness that when we say that we are offering care and love and support out to the world that includes you it's not you are not separate of community or of the world and particularly again if you've come from a place of trauma it can be quite ingrained this thing that it's kind of slightly you against the world even in this tiny tiny bit or even that um, really no one's going to look after yourself than you and I kind of come from that place, I, like, that kind of real deep independence that often comes from having to look after yourself when you're younger. So, looking at all of these things and any kind of metta practice, metta's loving kind, metta bhavna practice within the Buddhist meditation canon is developing self-compassion, that friendliness towards yourself. So very good to look up those. um, There's plenty of uh, meditations available, including one by me um, on the Internet. But just periodically taking time to step back and be with yourself and recognize your worth and your need for care, self-care. And it is that that allows you to care for others and is that that allows you to achieve what you need to achieve without this sense of continual expectations out there somewhere else that actually you are exactly right as you are and where you are is exactly where you need to be right now. So that acceptance and dropping down into grounding in the present moment. So I hope that's been of help and all of those things, all of those aspects of things that I continually come back to in my life. And I think in our busy society, it's really important to take those spaces and just really explore what you need. So I'd love to hear comments from you and any questions, of course. So I will uh, see you back in the calm group.